and five, four, we've already been live. <laughs> so this is a pretty, it's pretty informal podcast. Uh, this is the weirdos only podcast. Um, I am not going to lie. I have been terrible so far at intros for people. This has just been like my friends and stuff like that. So um, this is Kelsey Bear. Um, I don't know. If, you see, that's the thing. A lot of my friends, I haven't been in, in, from Splash. Or are you Kelsey from Splash or are you just Kelsey? Like, I'm just Kelsey, man. I don't identify with my job. Come on. Exactly. I am not what I am. And so, yeah. Who am but, I? I don't know. I'm Kelsey. Hello. But Splash is a wine bar in North Park, if you guys remember bars. Soon to be Vino Solera, though. So. The what? Soon to be Vino Solera. Vino Solera. As of March 2021. Oh, okay. So if you guys want to go to Splash and enjoy Splash for another month until it just changes the name and still is the same thing, exactly. go go visit it. I'm here in the window because we're not actually open. But yes. You're not open. Oh, wow. I mean, we sell bottles. Well, what if Gavin Newsom shows up? You have to open. He loves wine. <laughs> he loves opening preemptively. Exactly. He loves opening for himself. <laughs> so then we're going to make it political here oh are we jumping right into that right into politics i think um one thing that we we talked about with with other people that, that i covered was um obviously it's, it's like it's i don't know if it's overkill or if it's if it's like well it's everyone's reality which is covid you know and like just the actual i guess the adjustment to covid you know, people's adjustment to COVID and, and, and how you how you dealt with it and how maybe it, it affected, you know, I don't know, your overall or your overall view, I guess, of COVID right now, besides the politics or whatever. So you're asking me what my overall view is or just in like your overall experience, I would say, because I know that your experience with COVID um, was a little different, I guess, because you were like kind of familiar with COVID, like a lot of I think a lot of people in this in the world where they never even heard of anything like COVID, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, to put, to put it simply, I had a weird kind of experience with it in that my mom and I had purchased this wine bar. So we were now operating a small business and we purchased it in December of 2019 and went through a whole remodel and completely ch changed the layout of the space and started to do this whole rebrand. And then by March, we had to shut down. So there was just that kind of experience of being like, fuck, dude, <laughs> we have to close down three months after spending a bunch of money on the space. And like that, I mean, there was just that anxiety of being a small business owner. Um, but I mean, you can jump right into it. Like my father had passed away from a different strain of coronavirus in 2018. And my mom also had a background in epidemiology. So like as a family, we were very familiar with coronavirus. We're very familiar with pandemics and just had to deal with like the reality of being a small business during that time so me personally i don't know there's a lot of anxiety going on there but yeah and <laughs> so, just for just for everybody to, to to know that it wasn't COVID 18. no it was not because <laughs> everyone thinks it's just COVID. it just goes by numbers we're now into COVID 21. <laughs> did they find two more strains i don't know i, don't I know, know they found one more which would, but if they found it in, so it, it, the 19 is the year. 
Right. So, but are they adjusting every time they get new strains? Because now they're just calling it like South Africa and like the various countries. Well, they name, they, that's one thing they used to, I, I don't know if they're still doing it, but I know they used to do is they, they name, one of the things is they, they like the Spanish flu started in Spain or um, Lyme disease started in like city or county of Lyme or something, Idaho or some bullshit like that. Really? So, yeah. Yeah. No, you get, this is a show where the facts come out. This is, you know what I mean? This is where <laughs> you learn, <laughs> you know, like watch, I'll look it up right now. Where, that, that way we don't look stupid. <laughs> where did Lyme disease come from? It came from Connecticut, a coastal town in Connecticut called Lyme. Lyme, Connecticut. Good to know. Yeah. Probably never visit. Connecticut. So, so yeah, I think it's, it's, it's interesting. I think, um, for you at the beginning, I mean, it, for now you're saying like, oh, you know, we started business and we had to shut down. But I think at that time, just like all of us, we're like, well, you just shut down for like a couple of weeks, you know? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I vividly remember having conversations with my mom about, oh yeah, by like June, you know, we could probably do like an event or something, or maybe we'll open back up. And <laughs> No, but was this in March that you said this? April or were you like? Because I feel like I said I was like, okay, we're 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 locked down, but like my birthday was in May, and I was like, oh, we'll be good by May, like we'll be out. Yeah. And about. No, it was in March, and even knowing like her background, she was just like, oh, I think we could do small events or we could do like private parties or things like that. Like we knew we weren't going to be able to open fully as a bar. And to clarify too, like our space is very small and very narrow. And um, we have these kind of big center pieces that are big machines. And so we'd have a lot of customers coming in. It was, the house was packed, you know, and that was part of the ambiance. And we'd have to have a packed house in order to like survive financially. So our kind of threshold was, okay, we could have a packed house by June. If we just all stay home, that whole flatten the curve messaging, we stay home, we flatten the curve, and then we can all go back out by June. And how wrong we were. <laughs> I don't know. I keep thinking that flatten the curve or whatever, or the stay home. I don't know. I keep thinking it's, it's, it's keeping, it, it's keeping people indoors and then people are getting it more. Well, I, I mean, okay. First of all, flattening the curve, like we've moved past that messaging, right? Like that was to an extent. Yeah. That was based on data and that was a, like a reality, but that was also just kind of the, simplified marketing of like how to get this to the most amount of people as possible like this information that we need to stay home in order to kind of protect the bulk of our population that clearly yeah. didn't happen it became very quickly politicized so now we're just battling the politics of it of people wanting to not wear masks people wanting to open up small businesses and i get it as a small business owner it sucks as a small business owner yeah of course i want to open but i also like understand the realities of it and like i can't open and i'm not going to feel safe asking my staff to come in and work i'm not i personally am not going to feel safe working whether or not i'm wearing masks whether or not i'm have hand sanitizer you know i think it just yeah it just became very unnecessarily politicized in my opinion i mean i guess it still is right you still have, you still had Black Friday sales and all that other crap. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it that stuff still went on yet. You couldn't open a, a small business just to sell food or something, you know, like someone selling food or a vendor or whatever. 
Well, and in terms of the regulations too, where I think one of the last mandates, I mean, was kind of about, oh, well, restaurants were the first to open or the last to close. So therefore salon should be the first to open or close. And like the disease doesn't give a shit what kind of business you're in, right? Like it's grown, it's going to spread how it spreads. Like it doesn't matter if you're a salon or a restaurant, like if people are gathering and they're in close proximity, that's how it spreads. So it's also the same as going to the grocery store. And it, it, it is a balance of like, okay, you do still need to have grocery stores open. But if I'm touching a bag of rice, looking at the ingredients and put it back on the shelf, no one's following me around sanitizing that down. Like there is a potential for the spread to happen everywhere I go. So the minute you leave your house, even if I'm just going to the gas station, there's a potential to be spread. But that's a risk you take, right? It's a risk that we're making these decisions every day. Um, and it's a matter of being informed or not. And it's personal choice to some extent, but it's also. It's tough to say how informed you are. You know, there's a lot of people who are very informed with the, and I would say it's subjectively the wrong information. Right. Cause what is the real information? I don't fucking know. Yeah. And there's, and we're still learning about this disease in general. We're still learning how it spreads, how it how we um, can prevent it, how we vaccinate, all of that kind of stuff. So like the data is coming out at the exact same time as the, the measures for safety are coming out and understandably people are doubtful. I get it. I, like I completely get why it's politicized and I completely get why people are upset, but. Yeah, and then you have mayors, you have people, politicians, some dude who was a real estate agent up until three months ago, who is now the mayor of this city or whatever, or, you know, maybe, I don't know if Todd Gloria was a real estate agent. That wasn't a, a poke at him, but I'm saying there's guys who are like politicians are just like, they don't have any experience with something like this. And they're the ones that are making the call. Um, I, I think more from a human perspective, I, you know, I'm not going to get into the political of like what Gavin Newsom has done or what he should have done, but it's a tough fucking place to be in. You know, it's you have millions and millions of people. Um, I hate saying millions and millions because then I feel like Trump. There's millions and millions and millions and millions. <laughs> so there's, you know, there's there's a bunch of people in California. Right. Um, and you have to try to make the best decision that you can with the tools and the information that you have. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then everyone's getting into the like oh well you're a hypocrite because you went to obviously you went to the winery for me it's just it's just funny i mean whatever like we're all human you know what i mean and if you know everybody there's same households nobody's going out like obviously that risk is diminished you know what i mean like let's be honest we can't just think that it's just gonna appear you know if everybody in your house has been at home everybody in my house has been at home if both of our houses meet it's not gonna be that big of a deal because we both know We've just been at home. In theory. But again, like, this is the thing. It's like, in my perspective, I don't think it's Gavin Newsom's job to give us basic understanding of public health and like how disease spreads. Lysol does a better job of that in their commercials. And they have a little like bacteria floating around on every like surface, right? Like, like anywhere you go, it doesn't matter if I haven't left my bubble. I did go to the gas station. I had to fill my car. I touched the thing. Even if I was using hand sanitizer and being as extra careful as possible, there's always a risk. And that's just like basic statistics and basic public health. And like, I don't know. I can't say that it's right or wrong to like do one or the other. But all I know is nobody's going to physically stay indoors 100% of the time until this is over, right? Like, 
there is a reality of even going on a walk. You could get it. Yeah. And yeah. I just so, don't think it's politi politicians' job to uh, be the ones to, uh, unfortunately, educate us on that. I guess more on a personal level, how how has it been for you, like, on, like, how much do you think, like, despite any, like, you know, hiccups within 2020 of, like, you know, if you can really differentiate to say, like, well, this is, like, you know, a quarrel with my friend or, or my mom, but then this is like, oh, this is a coronavirus thing. Like this is a, a anxiety just from the, just the general corona, you know what I mean? Like maybe the business and stuff like that, that's just like a domino effect of how do you think that that's affected you where you were just, you were, you knew that if COVID was gone, if the stay at home orders were gone, that none of those things would like, uh, would exist. Um, I mean, so I think the big thing for me, and I know we've talked about this in the past, so like my dad has been sick my whole life and that's just been something that like our family has dealt with and he happened to pass right before a global pandemic hit and both, you know, my whole family and I were grieving that and then started to get to this point where we're like, okay, now it's time to start to kind of invest in our personal lives, our careers, whatever it is, and kind of feeling like, oh, we're going to thrive. So there was this, like, the pandemic completely smacked us in the face. Not only were we just, like, dealing with the small business side of things, but, like, personally, we just had to suddenly, like, halt. Like, we were kind of holding our breath, and we were waiting for these moments to just be able to, like, run with our lives, and then we had to pause. So I think there's just this feeling of, like, of course, there's the global anxiety of, oh, my gosh, what's going on? There are so many people dying around us politically. What the hell is going on? Like all of that is just adds to your just like level, like your stress levels. But personally, I have this almost like resentment, like, damn it. Like why now? Right? Like I was ready. Like I wanted to go and there were things, these, these projects, these ideas, like people I wanted to connect with. And then it just halted and it completely stopped. And I have this kind of, um, contrast in my mind where I'm trying to get over that thinking of like well when this is over then this will happen versus just like going forward with my life and trying to just do things that I care about and connect with people that I care about and try to make more um, personal and career moves you know yeah so yeah I I think what I'm what I'm hearing and and it's fine because I was going to say you didn't answer the question, but what I'm hearing, because you know, it, it, but you did, but you, you, you went, what I'm hearing is that for you, coronavirus and the, everything like the, the shutdown is more of, of like a, like it's a roadblock to what you felt was like you, like you felt you were, you were already like, Hey, you know what? Like we're going to, we got through this, like difficult time and now we're gonna kind of like it's all it's all downhill from here and then you're like oh shit no there's a giant other hill in front of us you know what i mean and i feel that's how it sounds to me like you're, you're kind of like like you're more resentful of corona you're like god damn it like you know what i mean like I was, no oh yeah like you you were ready or whatever and you felt like okay now things are now things are looking up and you know 100 percent. yeah and it's i it's ironic too that it's another, you know, coronavirus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's standing in your way, which is 
like I said, most people didn't even know about, you know, one. And now you're like, oh, fuck another one. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Which is, yeah, triggering in its own regard, which I, yeah. I mean, and, and I'm lucky that personally, like, I haven't had any other experiences with it. Like, I don't have family members or friends who have been so hurt by it. Um, you know, some of my friends and family that I do know have gotten it and are fine. And I'm lucky. But that to me is just, it's just a pain in the ass. It's like affected my business. It's affected my emotional state. It's affected my kind of, I guess, career moves, whatever, my, my personal development. Yeah. So it's annoying. It's really annoying <laughs> to answer your question. So in conclusion, COVID is very annoying. <laughs> All right. Um, in that, let, let's, let's, what's your favorite red wine? from Baja. Wow. Because I know if I say red wine, you're not you're not going to pick. I don't think you can. Can you? Can you pick one red wine? No. I have a couple favorite brands. I mean, you own a wine bar. You already said brands. See, so you couldn't pick one. You already said I have a couple favorite brands. No, like not varietals. Like that's so big. That's like, what's your favorite food ever? Like, I don't know, like depends on how you cook it. Like it's the same. Like, I don't have one grape I like. It depends on the winemaker and the brand and like the story and all of that. So, right? That's a totally different. You can't just say, what's your favorite food? And that's why I said, what's your favorite red wine from Baja? Sure. Fine. Okay. I have two. Can I have two? Yeah, you can have two. I mean, that's, it's, there's no rules. I'm just. All right. Well, one of them, which, which is what I'm drinking right now, is a blend from Bruma. Um, it's called Plan B. I'm drinking the 2018 plan B. Oh, it's called plan B. It's called plan B, ladies and gentlemen, or ladies. <laughs> Valentine's Day coming up. Buy some plan B. <laughs> um, the bar is know. right next to Target or you, a CVS down the street. You can get your wine and your plan B one, plan B two. Yeah, there you go. Uh, no, this is a blend and it's called plan B in that it's the backup plan, not the birth control, I guess. Well, uh, that's technically what. <laughs> Bland B is. Anyway. Uh, but anyway, she had a crop of grapes that didn't end up surviving a harsh winter a couple years ago. And so she ended up buying grapes from a couple different vineyards and blending them together. And so this is the plan B option. So we've got a Grenache, a Moredre, a Merlot, and a Malbec all blended together. And it's really good. And then my second favorite one is uh, Dama Tatuada which is made by Valle Girl Vinos. And she was one of the first Baja wines that we um, brought into our bar. And the winemaker herself is just amazing. And that's why she's it's one of my favorites. Yeah. 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 No, I had wine. Spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> very good wine. Yeah, this is it's very whiny. <laughs> it's very whiny wine. So have you been to or what? Huh? Have you been to Baja? No, I haven't been to Baja. I have, I mean, I've been to Baja. I've been to fucking Papas and Beer. (laughs) I've been to, I haven't been to Valle de Guadalupe. It is on my list um, to go down there. Yeah, it's a cool region. Very uh, trendy right now, kind of up and coming. Got a lot of farms. They haven't closed at all, huh? 
they closed a little bit, but they've been, I mean, for better or for worse, everything's spaced out. So they're kind of like the ideal place to go if you're going to go. It's outdoors. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing that I was, like, it's like the the spread of it outdoors is, is so minimal. Right. You know, right. like. And they have, um, a lot of the places that you go, they have these tents that you walk into and they like spray you with sanitizer. So your entire like body is doused with hand sanitizer. And then they give mm. you like a whole separate, I, like, I don't know how much that works, but then they give you. I like, heard that stuff is bad for your lungs. That's one, that's the ozone stuff. I don't know if you heard of that. I guess don't breathe. So, it, well, yeah, but it's like, oh, like, you know, so it, it's like when I was at the at, at the COVID Plaza, um, and they were like, oh, you could only leave your room if you want to go smoke. I was like, oh, what am I going to smoke? I've had a fucking lung Smoking virus the worst way to, it's like the biggest way of spreading it currently because you're literally like blowing it out on each other well yeah but smokers have rights and apparently i don't smokers rights yeah they can they can go and smoke we could chill i couldn't even chill in the smoking area they like, can't hang out here and there was nobody there there was nobody there like i'm the only guy here bro why are you freaking hassling me could you also like not even walk around the hallways and stuff? i couldn't i couldn't <laughs> and sir and then i got all karen on the guy and i was like you do that's not fair and and then i made it i mean i was making i mean i had a solid point but the guy was like and i felt bad because he was like i I don't make the rules man i was like i know you don't but tell me it's stupid and he's like yeah it's kind of stupid i was like thank you (laughs) i just went back to my room so that was that was my covid experience was your covid jail time it's not fun it's not fun i'll tell you that don't don't get it kids i mean at least there's an option that was actually kind of amazing yeah i I was talking i was reading something about the vaccine today about how they were saying how even fauci said that there's still like if you get the vaccine you have the potential of spreading it because you got the vaccine right yeah i mean if you're not being i guess safe and that's that's where the herd immunity comes in where there has to be enough people vaccinated that it doesn't matter if it's on your clothes or on your hands or what. You know? Well, no, but if you get the vaccine, you can give it to somebody is my point. Right. Because it's on your clothes. It's on your body physically. It's not like you've contract- technically contracted it, no? No, you the vaccine. Like, yeah. bam, you go, you get it. It could be like in your nose and you can give it to somebody. Hmm. Interesting. It's like a 95% chance that you don't, you won't, but there's that 5%. Or whatever that they're still kind of like me the fully the pfizer one's not that great it's the, the the moderna one is the good one but it's such a it you have to go back and get like another one you have to get two yikes you know let me give you a little stamp thing a little <laughs> give you a stamp on you stamp your card stamp your card so so let's get you going because we need to we need to we, we, we need to get you in like a, a rapid round rapid rapid question round because we need we need we need to loosen you up yeah clearly we need to loosen you up so if you had a magic wand and right now and you could you could make coronavirus go away what would what would that look like right like you like the way things are right now what do you think you would do to make like to to kind of get things off to that's off the right so start? vague what do you mean like it's so vague how's that so vague like i'd get rid of it if i had a magic wand it wouldn't exist like tomorrow that would be amazing and then we could all go back to reality so i don't know how to answer that question okay okay then if you had 
This is, I asked my friend this, and I think it's a fair number. If you had a hundred thousand dollars, one hundred thousand dollars, not millions. <laughs> he had a hundred thousand dollars. A guy gives you a hundred thousand dollars, and he says, "You have to spend this by the end of the week." All right, you have to spend it by the end of the week, but you can't like, oh, I'm gonna pay off this debt. Or like you can't, you know what I mean? Or I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it in a in an escrow account and it's gonna, it's gonna mature. No, fuck all that. You have to spend it. You have to buy shit. What would you buy? I hate these kind of questions, Ed. Dude. Okay. Well, guess you're not getting it because if you don't spend it, you owe me a hundred thousand dollars. So you got to spend it. Wait, that wasn't part of the stipulation. That is part of the stipulation. <laughs> Okay, if I had to spend $100,000 right away, honestly, I would probably buy like some sort of van situation to live in and I would leave. <laughs> van situation. Yeah. And I mean, okay, there's part of me that's like, oh, I'd absolutely buy or spend money on supporting you know some local organizations doing like hunger relief and trying to get the, the vaccine spread and things okay, like that I'm an, I, I need numbers know, I need numbers I need you to do the math like I'm putting 10 here I'm putting five here I'm giving I'm paying my, my friend 20. <laughs> all right yes I would give up all rent I would buy a van I'd live in it I'd spend some money on some um hunger relief for those that are so i'd probably spend at least 50 so how much is the van the van's 50 grand you're getting a nice van for 50 grand sprinter van or like econo line i don't know how much those cost so this is not a good example but i'm saying like i would give probably half of it to um yeah specifically hunger relief right now just because i've seen the impacts of folks no longer having income and because of because of covid and those that are going hungry so i would try to put as much money as i can into that and i would <laughs> i guess live in a van because it's super ex expensive to live in san diego and it's exhausting so <laughs> here i am that's not an interesting answer and i'm sorry i don't like that question move on <laughs> second question would you ever live in a van would you move on <laughs> well you know second question where do you see yourself in five years <laughs> i hate those fucking questions what are you doing hey where do you okay this is a good question i asked my friend the other day what you, was what are you googling questions right now that are like oh no, i was i was like screw with people <laughs> no that's a no okay we'll, we'll go rapid we'll go rapid fire we'll go rapid fire oh shit uh, never mind the google home was going off i thought i heard a voice um head, though, huh was that voice in your head or no it's definitely here it's the google lady um Pineapple on pizza. Yes. It's fine. B boxers or briefs? Briefs. Okay. 
Swimming or cycling? Swimming. Beach or mountains? Beach. Chicken or steak? Steak. Liquor or beer? Beer. Unless it's mezcal. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, like a psychedelic half the time. So, mezcal, like, oh, like the fucking worm or what? Yeah, dude. I've had some weird drunks with mezcal where I'm just like, on it. It's not even drunk. I'm just like, this is like a whole other level. You know what? I, I, with mezcal, one time I, I, I was in, I was in San Jose for a conference. Um, and it's okay. Everybody was there. So it's not like I was, my boss was there. He was right next to me. So it's not like I was, I got drunk on my own. Um, uh, I was in San Jose for a conference and one of the local guys here was up, up there. So we were having a good time and he was like, Oh, I just got into mezcals, blah, blah, blah. And he, he was, he was trying to spend money. So he's like, let's try all these mezcals. He's going top shelf mezcal. And we're trying all these different ones. I've never fucking heard of them, but I'm like, Oh, this is good. And he's like, let's try the other one. Let's try the other one. I'm like, fuck. So we're just, you know, everyone is like a shot at least or an ounce and a half, whatever they, they pour on the, on the neat pour. Excuse me. And, uh, and we was, it was a long night to say the least. Right. And I was like, oh, I went back to my hotel room and I was in the room and I was like, oh man, like I felt like, oh my God, like we drank a lot of mezcal. And then I don't know if there was like this moment of clarity that I was like, wait, I'm not drunk. Like I didn't feel drunk, you know. I was like, kind of like, I was like, I got, I'm tired. I was like, but I don't feel because like we paced ourselves too. But and then I woke up the next day. I was fine. Yeah. You know, I was good. I was just chilling. It was all good stuff. I mean, if, I'm pretty sure if I would have drank a lot of the cheap stuff or just be shoot if we were just shooting it, I probably would have been a different story. I don't know. Sure, but I mean, that's like that's actually kind of a thing. It was like mezcal is almost on like the spectrum of a drug, less than it is an alcohol. I mean, it is a spirit, but there's just like the experience of having mezcal itself is like you don't really drink it to get drunk, and you're not. It's like, a fucking yeah, experience. It's an experience, not a an experience, yeah, not a drink. <laughs> the mezcal experience. Mm -hmm. Can you have mezcal in your bar? No. So our no? liquor only goes up to a certain percentage of alcohol. Oh. So we can't have any spirits. Oh. <sighs> but then again, there was also another time where I had mezcal and it was a fucking mess. It was actually Halloween. I was in my pickle outfit. I was wearing my pickle and I drank a lot of mezcal. It was from Mexico. Um, uh oh. What? In 2019? No, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. Okay. Well, we don't drink in 2020. If anything, that's the only thing we did in 2020. I'm just like, where were you in your pickle outfit? Just chilling with some mezcal. Like, I mean, I've worn my pickle outfit to work. I've had my pickle outfit in the office before. I mean, it's a pickle. It's, <laughs> it's like a, it's like a blazer. You know, you can, you can throw some jeans on or, you know, you can switch it up. Yeah. Just being, it could be in a, in a board meeting as a pickle, you know, I'm sure your boss will love that. Oh no. The, the best thing was that like the past few years I would, I came in dressed up, right? And this year I didn't, and he did. <laughs> and he was like, what the fuck, dude? I was like, ah, I don't know, man. It was fucking, you know. 
I was kind of in a funk during Halloween, so I was like, man, fuck Halloween. No pickles this year, even though I, I did. I mean, but I was, you know, I was in a funk during, during that time, so and uh, so I was like, yeah, whatever. Like, I just came to work, and then you know, but I was already gonna do the, you know, I was gonna go to this little party or this little get together. That was my family, whatever. In your bubble. But me, I mean, our family was fucking breaking the law. <laughs> so, but yeah, and then so I, I didn't get dressed, but then I don't know. I always have like cool outfits or, or and the pickle's cool though. I like the pickle. I, I usually get like very intricate. I get very intricate, but I like the simplicity of the pickle. Just just the most basic costume ever. It's just yeah. like a condom it, hole. Yeah. And but people like the pickle for some reason. I've gotten a lot of compliments on the pickle. Be like, yeah, pickle man. <laughs> like, you know. But I've had other I've had other um costumes. Some like weird uh, spirit animal situation for you, like you identify as a pickle. I think my favorite one was when I was a I was a bum. I was a what? bum one year, and I went downtown, and this bum's like, yeah, like, he's like, because I had a little sign and everything. I, had a, I have the picture in my phone of me sitting on this <laughs> corner with this bum, and he's just laughing. That's a, a little time. cringy, I have to say. Why? Yeah, let me pose with the bum as a big bum. He wasn't like he was with it. He was. It wasn't like one of those like look at me helping. No, it wasn't. It was like, hey, we're both bums. It was like it was, he was like, yeah. He had like a stupid sign that said like, oh, this is my wife's fault or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was one of those like he, you know. So he was like he was with it. I guess right. what what is that Chris Rock line? If, it, if a bum has a funny sign, he hasn't been a bum long. You know. That's a good quote. Haven't heard it, but. Yeah, because when he's just like hungry, he's just like he's, he doesn't have the fucking energy to write anything creative. He's just hungry, you know. <laughs> give me money. When they're like, "Oh, give me money for weed," I'm like, get out of here. You know what I mean? But at least they're being honest, right? I guess. I, I mean, I, I honesty is not the, the 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 giving trait that I want from my bums. You know what I want? I mean, I don't know them. I don't. You give them money, you give them money. They're gonna spend it on what they want to. <laughs> Exactly. They're not gonna buy beanie babies, you know, if they want like Wow, I haven't thought about beanie babies. Did I just age myself with beanie babies? Super age yourself. Age I just haven't also thought about them in a while. Beanie I remember there was a there still is, but I remember it was a thing at, at least in my neighborhood. There was a lot of um there was a lot of like older ladies that would like collect them and they would put them on the back of the car. Yeah, uh-huh. I totally remember that. On, on the back windshield, you just saw all these beanie babies. They're all sun bleached. <laughs> I would just, like, I, I, were they taping them down or something? Because I feel like you break and you got smashed with, like, 30 beanie babies. You still see people do them with, like, bigger stuffed animals, too. And I'm like, how A, how do you see? B, exactly. Oh, how are you not getting smashed? Thing. Hoarders. 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 The rollover Hoarders. from your garage. Now you've moved on to the car. <laughs> Orders, man, it's a, uh, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's a lot of, a lot of crap, a lot of crap you store. Beanie babies you... aren't crap. Don't cut, don't touch it. Oh, you have beanie babies? Dude, I wish I could at least make some money. No. I oh, see them. now you're, if you're selling them, you're not hoarding them. Dude, I had them, and then like I think my parents probably sold them at a garage sale once for like a dollar for the entire box or something stupid, and then here we are now. Could have made a couple grand. I feel like I took care of my toys as a kid. 
but I was definitely never like, you know, like those kids are like, oh, I left it in the, like, why would I leave it in the box? At least, you know? Right. Or even you know? the tag on it. Like, why would I leave it in the box? Why would I keep the tag on it? I had a lot of weird shit though. What did you have? Well, I had, I remember I had this, this, this dinosaur. It was like a, it was a Jurassic Park dinosaur. And I'm pretty sure like, I forgot when my parents got it, but somebody gave it to me, but it wasn't like new. It was like, you know, used toy, some, some other kid's toy or something. And I didn't know that that was a fact because one of the fucking legs was chewed up like a dog bit it. But I just remember like, oh, well this, you know, this dinosaur has a, you know, a thing with his leg, you know, he's injured. He's, you know, he's got character. I wouldn't say he had character, but you know, he had a he had a bum leg. Did you, you know, make a whole story as to where that leg came from? Or no, that was it. It was just I mean, he got chewed up by some raptors. I guess I don't know. It, it changed every time, but I do I do specifically remember that dinosaur because he had a chewed up leg. It's fucking dog. I still have a stupid toy that I had. I named her Maria Ines for some reason. Maria Ines? Yeah. Fuck, she make tortillas? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> she was based on like some storybook that I don't remember ever reading. And she was like one of those like soft dolls with the hard plastic faces, you know, like the classic like baby doll. And at one, po- at one point I um, was a black cat for Halloween. So I had like put face paint on. And I was like, oh, well, she needs to wear face paint, too. So I painted her face black with a Sharpie. Ooh. <laughs> and couldn't get rid of it. So wait, 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 wait. Okay. So no, you're no, telling no. me your doll oh. went blackface. Oh, wow. Now we've exposed this blackface doll. Oh, I hope you're... No, no, uh, no. We're not going down that journey. Hey, your, your, your okay. doll is now destined for to be the governor, no. prime minister of Canada. It's just, she's, she's on a, a very pre- she's on a very prestigious <laughs> list of politicians that have gone blackface. <laughs> no, I'm not even going down that path with you right now. But I <laughs> painted her face black because we were going to be cats, <laughs> and lo and behold, it doesn't wash off because I'm five years old. Anyway, I still have this doll that's sitting in like some storage space. But you pull her out, and she just looks disgust. I mean, she just looks like so gross. Like not only being dirty herself, but like her face at one point i cut her little hair it was bad it's bad wow poor doll and you and you have not put it out of its misery you saved it just to keep torturing i just feel like you know like uh like the like those toys from toy story the ones that sid fucking modifies the legs the legs with the little freaking the the fish hook on it Wow. Wow. Blackface doll, huh? No, that's not, no. Before it was trendy. I didn't say anything to you. Before it was trendy. That's good. So $100,000 you buy how many blackface dolls? Nope. Moving on from that conversation. Okay. Okay. We could talk. Well, we'll talk. uh, um, I had mentioned, mentioned a. Mental health, mental health, um, psilocybin, kind of as a, it's, it's something that I know that you're interested in and as far as the research. And we've talked about, you know, some of the stuff that we've seen um, coming up. I know that, you know, myself, I, I've, you know, with my line of work, I've 
experienced it indirectly with some of the companies that are coming up as startups and, and, and getting funding for more research. Um, some of the research that I've done on it, as far as the history of it, was that a lot of the research got pushed down, you know, way back in the days, kind of the same thing. I wouldn't say re there was much research going into cannabis, but definitely cannabis was uh, was like kind of around that time of like being suppressed because of its benefits. And I think that psilocybin and, and, and like uh, psychedelics are on that on that kind of a list. Mm -hmm. So this is where you go. Are you asking questions? Well, I'm at your interest I mean, in, in that and, and kind of how, how you feel about the use of, you know, psilocybin yeah. for mental health. So, I mean, I think psilocybin is definitely becoming a little bit more popular and trendy in terms of kind of the, the layman, for example. Like, I just think there's a lot more understanding um, as an experiential side of things where people are starting to experiment on their own. There's also a lot more research that's coming out, especially in places like Canada and New Zealand, where it is um, more legalized to study and also use it recreationally. Um, I think in my personal experience, it's gone like there's been an evolution of using it recreationally, using it as almost a party kind of drug when I was probably 10 years ago now. Um, and just taking these trips to kind of have a good time versus using it in a more um, holistic, like intentional, like I use it in a mindful way. So it might be microdosing, it might be taking a full trip, but the way that I'm experiencing it is I'm asking myself different kinds of questions. So as I have these trips um, before, if I was going to have kind of a bad experience or even just like have a, a social dynamic with it, it was still, oh, let's look at like, what are the vis visualizations like, or let's get creative, or I was kind of using it in a way that was um, less meaningful to me personally. Right now, it's been a lot more kind of heady. And it's been about the practice of how am I growing? And how am I developing? And how is this kind of serving me in my future? Right? And um, I think with the research that's coming out, there's a lot more support in what are ways that you can make the experience better? Um, a lot of, especially with mushrooms, they can kind of make you nauseous. Um, they have certain tendencies to make you super anxious and you end up having a bad trip. And there's a lot more support to kind of offset those negative um, realities of it. And so. Support in which way? What? Support in which way you're saying more chemically or you're saying in, in just the practice of it? Both. I mean, I think there's like, there's literally material out there to say, hey, if you're having a bad trip, take these steps, right? Now we're like documenting that. Um, similar to cannabis, hey, if you're getting super anxious, try these certain things or try a different kind of strain. And now we're starting to explore different strains of mushrooms and um, how they might affect you and what the best kind of ones to experiment with are if you're going through depression or if you have anxiety or certain things like that where one might be better than another. Yeah, I mean, with cannabis, they have, um, I know for sure that there's there's products that if you, you, you could take that block the cannabinoids, basically, if you're super duper high, it basically blocks all those, all those cannabinoid receptors um, in order to diminish that. If you're like on this fucking like, oh my God. And basically like, it's like 
kind of like CBD balances out the THC. So it brings out that down. Um, if you're like super duper high and anxious, you know, um, and something went off my head when you said that, it, that, that the mushrooms may cause nausea because one of the best things for nausea is cannabis. Mm -hmm. But I would say that you would have to maybe just use the CBD part of it because you don't want to incorporate the can the, the psychoactive effects of THC with the psilocybin, or I don't know if you do or you don't, but it just doesn't, it doesn't sound productive for, for one or the other. I mean, I think there are ways to do it and that's a personal decision. Like I have had cannabis like THC while I've been on mushrooms, but it tends to be more of like, as I'm coming down from mushrooms and I'll use it to just kind of like ease out of it and relax. Um, but I personally, like, I don't recommend that for newer psilocybin users. Um, but I think like in terms of the nausea, there are ways to take mushrooms that are so I guess my understanding is it's mostly the fiber itself, like if you're actually eating the mushroom. So if you turn it into a tea or if you eat it as like a chocolate or something like that, you're going to get less of the nauseating effects yeah. and had a full mushroom on a close to empty stomach, which is what most people do. Yeah. So one thing that I, and I know that I, we've talked about this before, um, is, is I, I personally don't like the term when they say magic mushrooms, right? Because I think we live in a society of like fucking opiates and, and, you know, you go to your doctor and you say, you know, like I was just telling my buddy this story because he, um, he was, uh, he was, I had an interview with him the other day about how when we were in college, you know, I, I went to the doctor and I'm like, Hey, like my freaking my, uh, my stomach hurts. Like I would go, you know, I'm like, I don't know. I work out, I eat right. You know, like, I don't know why my stomach's always like hurting. And then like, cause we were in college together. I was like, yeah, it can't be the fucking 18 beers I had this weekend. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so it, it's like, but when you go to the doctor there, he's just like, oh, your stomach hurts. Well, drink this, take this, drink that. He's not like saying, okay, what are you doing? Do you drink? How many do you really drink? And you know what I mean? Like figuring out people, and, and habits and shit that you're doing, you know what I mean? In order to improve your life. So like, uh, it's, it's kind of unconventional medicine, but it's preemptive, right? So you're not like, oh, you're gonna get diabetes. Like, oh, well start taking these pills so you don't get diabetes instead of like, start taking care of yourself, start right. running, start, you know what I mean? Shit like that. And so I guess my point is people looking at it as like, oh, well, I took shrooms, so now I'm fucking woke. And right. now I, I've, I've, I've gone in and I've seen the things that I fear and blah, blah, blah. And I, I, I know the path to go down because I think that can be very misleading. You know what I mean? It, because you don't, because you don't have the tools, you know what I mean? I, I know that, you know, before, I mean, five years ago, even, even, even two years ago, a year ago, some of the decisions I'm making now that I made, you know, that, that, or, or that I'm not making now that I made then yeah, it was like, fuck, I know why I did that. I shouldn't have done that because I was doing it for the wrong reasons. Like whatever it is in life, whatever, maybe my relationship with my mom or, you know what I mean? And I was like, mom, let, let me help you or something. And it, it wasn't more, it wasn't about me trying to help my mom. It was about my codependency or, you know, my, my issues that I had. It was like, oh, why don't you fucking listen to me, mom? You know what I mean? It wasn't, that wasn't the issue. You know, it wasn't, my mom wasn't the issue. I was the issue in that situation or whatever it may be. You know, so just as a loose example, but my point is like having looking for like, I don't know which way I'm going. Let me take this fucking magic mushroom. It's going to just tell me where to go. And then your brain goes like, oh, like, fuck, you know, like you need to just 
take time for yourself or you need to, you know, go on a trip, you know, okay, cool. But you still got to come back and you still got to, you know what I mean? Your behaviors and daily behaviors. And when you interact with people, we're social beings. I think a lot of people want to isolate and then it makes the problem go away, but we're social beings. That's, you know, that's how we grew up. And, you know, they have experiments of babies that, you know, and this is something that I fucking blew my mind that there was experiments of babies not being loved that died. You know, because of the lack of love, of affection from another human being socialized, right. you know, which is fucking insane, you right. know. Um, this is a terrible time to interrupt this. My charger apparently is not working, so I need to get up and go, go deal with do, that. So lean in. Lean in. This is um, a good time to, to, to introduce you guys to our sponsors. Um, splash wine bar which vino vino solara was it i think what was the new name so if you want to be a guest we're going to actually start sending bottles of wine and they're going to be branded with the weirdos only podcast this is true i i wonder if i should do i've been wanting to do more i didn't i mean like oh what the hell she just went away okay um it's just us now so i don't i've been thinking about doing more impressions on here i got some solid impressions like i could do i could do like the 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 pervert from from family guy hey Leon, i'm bringing the good news yeah but <clears throat> it's kind of off right now but i could do it i'm just trying to figure out what which direction to go right now and just you know enjoy ourselves enjoy life um drink plenty of kombucha kombucha is good for you man drink it it's good it's got it's got um it's got probiotic it's a probiotic um you know uh oh she's calling let me pause this real quick boom technical difficulties we're and back on we're back on all right so so the, the whole point that we left on was i think anything with anything it's doing it's like we we sometimes we think we're doing right right it's like it's like when when people say like uh oh i'm just real you know and then like people have to accept that it's just like well you have to accept like if you're being rude if you're being hurtful to people too you know what i mean right or having the wrong tools to you know and the you know. something that i i mean i think you and i talked a little bit about this in the past but like something that i've been interested in especially on kind of the concept of like a quick fix to anything right is there's a lot of like self-help therapy out there on like places like social media where you have these like super simplified quotes that are there that are supposed to like make you feel better and i'm like if, yeah okay fine like that concept might be interesting that might be helpful to certain people but if you're not actually putting in the work then it's not going to do anything for you and i think it's the same for even with cannabis as it like a healing as a medicinal kind of approach to you and your reality, whether it's cannabis, whether it's um, psilocybin or anything, like if you're not putting in the work to deal with whatever you're going through or have been through, it's not going to do anything. There's no magic solution to just fix you and your reality. You or know? you're looking for what's convenient for you, yeah. right? Because because it's just the yeah. way the way of fucking. I mean, it's it, I'm I'm gonna put it very simple. The way that the fucking Instagram algorithm works is that if you keep looking for certain things, it's going to keep giving you more of that thing. Exactly. You know, 
So if you're somebody who's like, and th that's what I'm saying, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good things that, or things that can be misconstrued or could be that aren't bad, but they're also not healthy. If you, if you do them the wrong way, like for example, I do a charity, right? I do charity every, every year. And so I had to draw a line of like, cause, because I had a family that I was trying to be like, you know, very charitable and help them out, help them. I even helped the kid with like his resume and this and that. And to the point to where like, I had to draw a line and have boundaries, one of your favorite words, boundaries, because I was trying to help them so much so that was like, yo, I can't do everything for you. Like, you know what I mean? Like I could be a resource for you and you reach out and stuff like that. And, but I can't just do everything for you. So now it's like, I have what I give them and how I help them. And, and you know, and I, and I take it for that. And if you need anything, you can reach out, but I'm not going to like impose myself on you or anything like, you know, which a lot of people can or give with expectation, right. To say, Oh, well, I gave this family, you know, the stuff and they need to be like this. I've gotten to plenty of families that I, I guess for lack of a better term, weren't as grateful or weren't as vocal and as, you know, you know, as, a, as animated as maybe other families. I had a lady who got on her knees and was like, oh, my God, thank you so much. And there's other people that are like kind of like still kind of embarrassed. They're like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, and, and, and that's fine. That's their nature, you know, or whatever. It would be I would be a dick if it was like, oh, well, you're not you're not so happy about this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what's your problem? You know, it's like that would be the wrong reasons to do it. And I think that's where I'm saying, like doing things for the wrong reasons, just because you're like, well, I'm a good person. I'm charitable. But you're kind of being a dick by like being ex having those expectations of these, you know, of, of people because you're not doing it for the right reasons, I think. Well, exactly. And I think in, in like regards to if you're talking about psychedelics in general, like the same the same thing goes is why are you doing it what is your intention are you doing this charity because you want to feel good personally that you did something good for the planet for people around you or are you doing it because you genuinely feel like there are people who are suffering and you're trying to support them and i think there's a very thin there's a gray area and there's a mix of both and i and i don't think that that's a bad thing necessarily but acknowledging that i'm doing this entirely just for myself and i want to feel good versus I'm kind of doing it for the bigger picture of things. And when it comes to psychedelics and, and kind of how you treat them, are you doing it to just like party? Are you doing it to just like have a good time? Or are you doing it to kind of shift your perspective and interact with the world differently? You know, and I think that to me is part of the meditation behind taking them. You're asking yourself those questions while you're having a trip. I, th I think that there's also a thin line and this is not, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a, it's off topic, but it's a, it's a segment of it is that a lot of the times people do stuff like cannabis or drink alcohol to numb. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, it's a, uh, one thing that I, that I, that I saw was, you know, and kind of talking to this quote is we numb because we're empty, not because we're full, you know, mm -hmm. It's a, it was this full of shit you haven't dealt with emotions. We don't know how to face and stress. We haven't developed the healthy skill set to release. So numbing is a nervous system's way of coping mm -hmm. because it's easier to fucking, yeah, fucking shove that bitch down than, than to say, I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to smoke. I'm not going to do the psilocybin. I'm going to sit in this emotion and, and I'm going to fucking go through it. And I want to make, if I want to drink this, it's fine, but I'm going to drink after I've gone through this emotion. You know what I mean? 
we don't want to sit so, in a numb and we don't want to be consistently trying to numb feelings and and thinking that we got through them because we numbed them right right because we avoided them we literally yeah. just avoided them but we but oh well i fucking got all fucked up and i went through it you know and like and eh, like you didn't really like <laughs> you know so it's maybe it's just like my experience my personal experiences and like what majority of like my peer group like in terms of how we communicate about psychedelics but i i feel like for me personally mushrooms are kind of the opposite of that like they force you to go into it like as deep as possible which is yeah. how people end up having bad trips is because they're not ready for that or they're not able to kind of sit through it and i had a friend recently bring up this good metaphor you know like have you seen harry potter like that no, there's like personally. that scene, or you know like a chinese finger trap like the harder you pull or try to get out of it yeah, the yeah, yeah. it becomes versus if you kind of just breathe through it then it relaxes and so i think that kind of metaphor is like psychedelics force you into this like whatever reality you're in like whether it's good or bad and i think that's an experience where then you're out of this point is like it doesn't matter if it's good or bad i just have something that i'm going through and how your mind in that moment is processing it you might start to experience negativity you might start to go down this kind of like dark rabbit hole of things and the more you try to fight that the more it's going to become tense, like a Chinese finger trap, we like really trying to force it away versus just like yeah. read through it and going, this is what's happening. This is my reality. And I'm accepting that. And I'm moving through that. And that's where you become kind of like, you come out the other side and are like, yeah, I did go through that. Whether or not you processed anything, whether or not you just say, all right, that sucked. And I had a bad trip or you say that sucked. And here's kind of what I learned from it into my like sobered reality i think that that's completely different than a cannabis experience to me personally yeah I, and I, I i'm not i mean obviously the thing is i'm, I'm not comparing it to cannabis because I, I think i mean i've had some anxious cannabis experiences but i i guess more of my point is is having what I, I guess what i'm trying to segue into into having the tools whether you're, you're reading books you know you're going to therapy and you're, ha and you're you're having these conversations with people in a sober state as well you know what i mean to to explore that and and to and to take the steps on a daily basis and you're and you're with your relationships whether it be someone you're dating your mom your friends you know what i mean and to continue to practice that because those things don't go away it's just a way of, of having to, to cope with them you know what i mean and i think like i said there's a lot of things like that like being charitable or helping people that can sometimes be unhealthy because you're you're doing it for the wrong reasons. But from the outside, somebody could just say like, or you could put it on other people be like, what the fuck is wrong with what I'm doing? I'm being charitable. Like, how's that bad? How am I a bad person for that? But if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, you know what I mean? And, and you know in yourself that, you, you know, I'm using these people for just my own joy or whatever, you know, or like a, like a hyper-independence, right? There's all these people that are maybe very, very successful or, you know, have a lot, have accomplished a lot, but they are, they find it impossible to trust anybody. And they're always chasing that significance. Like you said, Kelsey from Splash, or it's just Kelsey. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what she does or she's just, you know what I mean? There's a person on this podcast that we're going to be here in this moment and enjoy this podcast and just have a conversation. It's not like, oh, I'm talking, well, you know what? This is a lot better because you know, or, or I'm, I'd rather be talking to Elon Musk right now than you. It's like, no, we're in this moment. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter who you are. It's a conversation that you're having in this moment. You're not 
thinking, oh, tomorrow I talk to Elon Musk, that's going to be way better. You know what I mean? Right. So it's, it's, it's not chasing shit, living in the now and having the tools and continuing to challenge yourself to, to challenge your thoughts and where, where they're putting you, whatever it may be. So. I mean, it's challenging the thoughts, but I think, again, it's that intention of like, is it, are you self-serving and self-seeking? Like, what am I getting out of this? Like, I'm only going to have certain people on my podcast because they will make my reputation like increase versus no, this is just like a good friend of mine. She literally doesn't matter what she does. Like, she's just a friend and like, right. And like, I think it's that question is, is it self-serving or is this like neutral or is this kind of benefiting I don't know, whatever you want to get holistic about is benefiting the world, the planet, people that are outside of myself, Yeah, you know? And I think that you can take that scale anywhere, whether it's charity, whether it's like a drug you take, you know, like whether it's business, it doesn't matter. It's those questions that you're asking yourself is, I guess, to an extent, how selfless or selfish am I kind of being in any given moment? Yeah. And I don't want to say the selfishness in terms of especially like drugs and alcohol, if it's something that you're using to kind of numb, like we were talking about, um, I think inherently that is ultimately selfish, but there are deeper reasons as to why you're, you're doing that. And if you're not prepared to acknowledge those, those reasons, that's where you run into issues, you know? Yeah. Corona. Yeah. I'm not going to get it. <laughs> get it through the microphone. I, I think, I mean, there's, like I said, there's some solid points there. And I think it's um, a, a lot of the times we also put whether somebody triggers something or, or, you know, or it's, it's something that we go through and we, we put shit on other people. You know what I mean? Um, even, even the same, like, even like putting shit on like our, our, our parents. I mean, obviously like our family of origin and the way we grew up has a big, huge fucking deal on, on the way that we interact with people and the way that we carry ourselves on a daily basis. Um, but you know, it's, um, it, I think you, you had told me something about that. It that was like, you did what you had to do at the time because that served you then, you know what I mean? And it's like, well, now you're an adult. You don't have to be that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I saw something that was like, there's two things that are true at the same time, that your parents did the best that they could, but then you also didn't get what you needed, you know, at the time. Right. There are certain things that you needed that you couldn't get because of the circumstances, but they did the best that they could. And those both, both of those things can be true. At the same time. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, like, you're all yeah, you fucking like this or you had to, you had to do what you had to do. Like, you know, like you had to become a a caregiver to an adult, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? As a kid. And I think it goes back to kind of what I was talking about on like the mental health, um, uh, like depiction on Instagram in general is like a lot of this is just like constant. Oh, well it's trauma from childhood. Like, let's just like put it on that. And like, okay, then what? okay, fine, sure, let's acknowledge you had trauma from childhood, like whatever it was, whether you had an abusive family or you didn't, but you just like had a mom who was cold, like whatever the spectrum of that trauma was, fine. Let's accept and acknowledge whatever happened in your childhood is what happened. Now what? What are you doing as an adult to 
continue to move through the world? Are you just going to continue to blame your parents and just be like, well, mm, like I just had trauma. And so therefore I'm a shitty person. I'm or, a Sagittarius. Yeah. <laughs> I am Sagittarius. So oh, you are. Huh? <laughs> I'm very much a Sagittarius. But, right, like, how are you then going to continue to move through the world? Like, are you just going to blame it on your parents for not, like, loving you enough? Or are you going to say, okay, fine, I accept that, like, I didn't get the attention that I potentially wanted or needed? Well, and that, and, but that's putting yourself in, in, you know, like I said, in, in that of what I like it like blaming yourself like if it, if it was your fault no it's not blaming. you know what I mean well what I'm saying that person when they when they say like oh I didn't get that attention that I needed it's just like well I mean it's it's not like oh you needed so much or you're so needy it was just like no but I mean like as as with, with kids and I, I'm sure there's a lot of people here with kids and I mean a lot of my friends and stuff maybe have kids that are younger and in developmental stage mm -hmm. is is giving them giving them that voice of like it you know you don't you you don't have to be like uh uh super coddling either but at least understanding that like oh what's what's up like you know what i mean oh you're angry okay why are you angry you know what i mean instead of just like don't fucking be angry stop being angry you know what i mean or you can't cry like and then the kids are like oh i can't fucking uh i can't have emotions you know what i mean like no you know, i mean i think there's like inherited kind of dynamics that change throughout like parent like i literally was having this conversation last night with a couple co-workers and how their family dynamics they're all terrified to then screw up their kids because they don't want to do what their parents did so they're doing something completely different but they always like i don't want to have kids at all right because right. i'm gonna do I, because my childhood was all fucked up i don't want a kid to go through that well then don't make a kid go through that <laughs> exactly. but it's it's like it's nuanced right because like to a certain extent fine like i'm not beating my child but you might still be like doing other things that you don't you don't know and also that shifts with time and like whatever like I guess all I'm saying is like to a certain extent if your first trauma is your dog dying versus your first trauma is your dad beating the shit out of you like either way they're they're trauma and you're gonna go through that and you're going to develop into an adult based on those kinds of experiences especially over time if they're repeated traumas and all that kind of that stuff i'm not saying that it doesn't matter like i 100 like acknowledging that and, and and talking about it and being you know especially if you do choose to have children or whatever like how you then treat them and make sure that you can create a space for those kids to be able to process and acknowledge that they have emotions at a young age especially for young boys i think it's really important um but i think there is becoming more of a culture of people just kind of blaming it on like oh well I just went through trauma as a childhood and therefore it's like explaining the behavior that they're um, doing as an adult and there's not necessarily then next steps, right? Like we've now we've identified where your point of pain comes from, but now what are you doing about it? Like, I'm not saying it's, it's wrong to acknowledge that your parents were shitty or that they said you can't have emotions and you need to shut the fuck up and like not talk about your feelings. Like that's hard. That's rough. But now what are you doing about it? And how are you then going to continue to move through the world and interact with other people as an adult? <sighs> Fuck. I don't know, because I feel like you, you need to get there first. And a lot of people won't even get there. Exactly. And, you know, they'll, they'll be like, yeah, my dad's cool or whatever, you know? And it's just like, wait, now your dad is kind of fucked up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like, um, fuzzy, but like, no, 
it's okay to say he's fucked up. It's okay to say. Yeah, I love him. I love him, but he did some fucked up shit and whatever, you know, and even if it, even if it was like what you perceived, you know, maybe in the time, maybe, maybe you see it now and you're like, oh, it's not that bad. But when you were a kid, your perception of it, you know what I mean? And I think that's the thing is people aren't comfortable with having a couple, multiple truths to say, my dad fucked me up, but I also love and respect him. They can be like true at the exact same time. It's not a problem to say it was painful what I went through, but also I'm not going to like resent you as a human being, dad or whoever. Well, yeah, because then you're holding on to it, right? Even it's like, and that, that's, that's their shit holding on to it it's just like you can have both realities be true at the same time yeah and i think like that's an that's like difficult for us to like wrap our brains around to be like yeah if you hurt me i'm supposed to like say no to you well i I think we also we also there's also the misconception of of the compartmentalizing and the like pushing down of emotions is strength You know what I mean? Yeah, it happened, but it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It happened. It happens. Shittier things happen to other people. It wasn't that bad. Mm -hmm. But that's your reality. That's your fucking reality. That's what you deal with every day. That's why you're fucking, you know, a workaholic or that's why you're, you know what I mean? That's why you, you don't have, you, you don't trust people or whatever. You know what I mean? Little things, you know what I mean? That are just like, that are, or, or that's why you, you feel weird when someone gives you a fucking compliment. You know what I mean? Like because you're not able to process emotions, or you you need to you need to talk to your boss, or you need to give a presentation. You need to quit. You want to quit. You've been wanting to quit for fucking years, but you can't pull the fucking trigger because you don't know how to fucking communicate. You're scared. You're fucking like, oh fuck, like I can't deal with big emotions. But you at that moment, you're not thinking, oh, it's because my dad. Because, uh, you know what I mean? Because he, he used to do this thing and, like, you know, whenever the game was on, he was like, shut the fuck up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I was crying because my doll broke or whatever. And he was like, who cares about your stupid fucking doll? And he threw it in the fucking fire. And it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's because that's why. So I quit, boss, by the way. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it, it doesn't translate in that moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I've been thinking, you know, it's like, no. So you have to kind of process that shit to get there. And I, I saw a great image of like a therapist. It was like a, a therapist and the, the patient. It was like on top of the patient was like fucking just like scribbles, just, mm-hmm. you know, and then the therapist was like, kind of like, you know, s- straightening it out and kind of helping you make sense of those fucking scribbles that you're mm-hmm. spewing out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I have to say like, I recently found a new therapist that I absolutely love. And it was like the first time ever where I've had one of those moments where a, I was like mind blown. Like this is what therapy is supposed to be, but actually like we'll have our session. And like in those moments it's like, whatever, like I'm just kind of talking and she's, she's giving some feedback, but it's like, it's the, what happens in the days after that session, right. Where she is, her voices in my head or certain things are becoming a little bit more clear to me where there are those moments where it's not, I'm not actively sitting there and explaining it to my boss and quitting because my dad threw a doll in the fire, but I'm like processing, like, why can't I talk to my boss? Why am I freaking out about it? Oh, it's this thing that like I was able to address in a different kind of session with this therapist that I realize here is what's influencing my self-talk 
my self hatred when I look in the mirror and I say certain things to my my own self like I yeah. can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. Yeah. It's not that I can't do it, it's that that voice is coming from whoever and and it's not that it takes a therapist necessarily to do it. It takes this like unbiased outsider's voice who in my, you know, ideally would be skilled and uh, well-researched and educated. But, <laughs> right? Like you, you, want, you want someone that's like trustworthy. That's not just like random. Like, I, I, what I was going to so say is just so people have a <laughs> reference and, I, and there's no number that's going to make you bad or any. How many therapists have you gone to? I personally have gone to, I think, four. And it wasn't like I went to like the four in one day, but I, you know, one, I went to like twice, you know, like, man, yeah. you know. And I tell this story and I think I've told you this before. Like, I, I've had multiple therapists who were actually like almost detrimental. Like, it just wasn't the right relationship. I had a therapist, I was very clearly like in an unhealthy, like pretty much a, an abusive relationship. And they were just like, well, like if you love them, stay in it. You know, and at the, at the time I was like, bro, like even I know I'm crying and seeking help and they weren't able to kind of be there. And, and that was a huge turnoff for um, like talk therapy for me. But I also knew even then, I also knew it was worth continuing to try because I think there are like good support systems and good ways to engage in therapy. You just have to find the right relationship and it's a relationship at the end of the day is what it is. Yeah. You have to have that, that trust within that, you know, with that person. Right. And just feel comfortable. I think for me, what was a big deal was, um, I, and this is, it's kind of the reason that I started this podcast. And I, after talking with my therapist that, um, the stigma within, within, and I think uh, just so, just so people can, cause people can't really tell that you're actually half Cuban. So <laughs> cause I was gonna say within la Latino community, it's something that there's a huge stigma of like, don't fucking do it. Like, don't go tell somebody your fucking problems. Your problems stay in the house. We'll deal with them here. I don't want anybody to fucking hear about what, and I think another, another thing that a lot, like sometimes say when you're dating somebody, um, and then you go to therapy, then maybe they're like, well, they're going to find out that I'm fucked up instead of like, that's their shit. Like, yeah, man, go, go, like, go deal with it. Yeah, yeah. Go deal with your shit. You know? And the, you know, like, yeah, that's it. I think it, if, it, and if it ends up being like, Hey, you went to therapy, you come back and then you're like, oh, this isn't working out. This isn't healthy. I'm like, well, fuck, like, you know why? And then, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but it's like, it's, my so the reason I say that is because this last therapist that I well and I've and I've actually had another one since but just like you know I'm working on some other stuff that kind of for this and stuff anyways he is Latino mm -hmm. and our whole conversation that we've been having he was like dude I don't have a lot of Latin he's like I have Latinos that come they'll come one session two sessions tops mm -hmm. he's like most of them come and they they don't come back if they even come at all you know what I mean they oh they'll ask me hey you know, friends of his that are like, oh, you know, I'm looking for therapy, recommends them. And then they don't, they don't keep going. You know what I mean? And it, that's what it's about. It's, it's, you're not, it's not like, it's like fucking, you don't run to, you don't go to the, to the mechanic when your car, when you have four flats, your transmission's blown out, 
um you know your battery fucking doesn't work you have to do all that upkeep like put air in your tires change the oil i know you're looking at me like what are you saying yeah about my truck specifically no 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 but you know what i mean like it's it's maintenance like it, yeah. maybe you go one day to your therapist and you're just shooting the shit hey man i had a, I had a great fucking weekend this and that like you don't have to go every time to therapy and be like hey lucky i'm fucked up you know you don't need to go to therapy when you're in crisis you should be it's maintenance like you said but it's also investment in the long term get a massage go do a fucking isolation chamber go 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 on a hike those are all things for maintenance you know Mm -hmm. acupuncture you know acupuncture get your mind right exactly yeah yeah. Go go to a wine bar. Lately, this place has been therapy. I mean, I think that a lot of people, do, and and that's that's another thing, right? Because a lot of people go to a bar or something like that, like a as an outlet, right? Because oh, he, the bartender, she's really chill. I talked to her. She doesn't fucking know me, but she kind of knows me. Oh my God, she's seen me bring so many dates in here and she doesn't judge me or whatever, you know what I mean? But it's like an unbiased party because if you go, um, and I know we've talked about it before, like in, in the same way with me, like there's only certain things, there's only so much I can tell my mom. There's only so much you can tell your mom before she's like, well, Kelsey, you've always been like that and blah, blah, blah. And remember when you were 15 and remember when you put blackface on the doll and it's like, ah, fuck. Like, I'm just telling you that I'm kind of stressed. Like, you know what I mean? Like they can flip things on you to where like, if you tell your therapist, they're either going to notice the patterns or they're also just going to be like, okay, like what's up? And they're not going to judge you. You know what I mean? Like, or the right therapist. If not, you're like, you know what? This lady's kind of weird. Like, you know, I need to go with somebody else, which is fine too. You know, but I think it's also the, the right kind of therapy where it's not just like listening to you rant or or just being mm. there, right? It's also the therapist's role. I think the really beneficial ones get you to think. And so, like for example, I had a really bad therapist, and and this was, you know, I don't think it's his fault, but he happened to be like specialized as like a child therapist. And, and how old were you? Like at that time, this was like five years ago but like okay that's why i wanted to ask you as a child therapist and you know i wasn't an i wasn't a child but i had a certain insurance and he was the only one like accepting new patients at the time under yeah yeah. i just wanted to make sure if you were a kid or you weren't a kid i was an adult and he um kept giving me these like worksheets to be like okay today we talked about whatever and all he would do is like "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm," like listen and then he'd give me a worksheet and I'm supposed to go home and like, I don't know, color in these little lions or like talk about my feelings on these like CBT. Lines. Yeah. It's called it CBT. Like, it didn't matter. Like it, it was not helpful. And I was just like, all I felt well, like all I was doing was venting and he'd yeah. be like, okay, how do you feel about that? Right. So to me, I was just like, that's such a turnoff to therapy. Right. But again, this new therapist that I've been talking about, she'll just say certain things of like, okay, let's like dissect that word or whatever. And this is what works for me personally. And it's something that I end up feeling like I kind of almost have homework throughout the week to work on. It's not a worksheet. It's just something that resonates with me. So kind of emotionally or spiritually or whatever you want to call it, that then every time I'm in one of those scenarios where normally I would do this, this or that, like I'm able to have a different tool in my toolkit. Yeah. I am then kind of stopping myself and going, wait, 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 is this like my intention? Is this serving me? Is this important? Like what, whatever the scenario is. And I don't want to get too detailed on that, but 
I think that's the kind of the benefit of therapy because they're literally outside of your reality. You're, they're not your mom going, but also I know how you were when you were in diapers, you know, she doesn't know. She's just like, all I know is you're a teenager. You used to always hate putting your, you never wanted short hair. So why do you have short hair now? This is not like you. There's zero judgment. There's zero. I I don't know. I wanted fucking short hair. Um, but I'm actually going to give some pushback on that, on what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. Um, and I think that the, the reason is also because you're okay. So my point is some people are there. Some people need the CBT, which is, you know, the, the behavioral therapy, the like, just some people can't even like what you're doing right now. Some people can't even get to the uh, uh, 1% of what you're doing right now and expressing yourself. So they need those tools. So a lot of the times, it's what serves you then, right? You need somebody like that. And then sometimes you outgrow that therapist. It's like, you know what? That was a therapist that kind of got me to to come out of my shell and kind of digging a little deeper. But I feel like that's where he's at. And I've plateaued with him. And I think I need to go with somebody that's going to challenge me now. 100%. Somebody, You know what I mean? And that's why I'm like, it's a relationship. It's like this, this person is not helpful for me in my life right now. He's not bad. No, it's but not it's bad. just, yeah, it's like, you, it's, it's transactional though. You go into therapy, it's transactional. I'm here because I, you know, yeah, it's like, I want something. It's, I'm not here for him. Yeah. You know, I'm here for me. To bring it back to like the, like Latino community. Like I've had a lot of friends who are like, have had an experience like that where either maybe that was too intimidating, right? Like they didn't want a worksheet. That was too much or the opposite. Like what I'm saying is like, it was, it just felt stupid. Wasn't enough. Not stupid. I don't yeah, it wasn't enough. It, it was no, it does. It does. When well, because you're not used to it too, it feels cheesy. It feels hokey. You know, it, was, it felt demeaning. Like it felt like to me personally, it felt like he was just kind of like laughing at me, like, "Oh, here's a stupid worksheet," you know. And especially in that the like Latino community, like not being able to say this isn't working for me because. You, like you might not have family support you might not have friend supports who are like oh well like let's try something different or you don't know where else to go right the only other place you can go is to another therapist and yeah. if that therapist doesn't work out then you're just like oh well then therapy is not for me you know and i think it's like my argument i guess is just like keep trying like until you yeah that works for you yeah and, and but it's also like you have to be honest with yourself right because it's the same thing with like the the, the research and the quotes and if you're just trying to find somebody who's going to tell you you're right, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's like some people can't take the tough love. Some people can't take the, you know, the, the, the straightforward kind of answers. And once you're there at that moment, it's like, Hey, I'm fucking right there. And you know, I've done all this work and I, I need somebody that's going to challenge me to that next level and somebody that knows what they're talking about, because yeah, then you get somebody who's like, no offense to social workers out there or anything you know, that only do something like CBT, where it's just like, a, okay, write down your feelings. Or what do you, what's the reality? How does that make you feel? Is it going to matter tomorrow? Is it going to matter in an hour? Is it going to, you know, what, what, what are you feeling? And it's just, it's very, you know, very surface kind of, but then you have like a clinical, you know, psychologist that is going to dig into like your schema and your family of origin and, and what, what's really coming up for you and doing things that are like really going to help you dig into that like okay like what what was it what was it and then after a while you're like oh shit it is going to be that like like it's not going to be that one thing but you do bring up those things that were 
you know, repressed of like, fuck, I remember when my dad threw that fucking doll in the fire. And it was so, it was so traumatic to me. And to somebody else, like, dude, who cares? It's just a fucking doll. Like you have plenty of dolls. But to you, it was just like, it made you feel so worthless, right? Because he was just like, fuck your doll. Fuck your emotions. I'm watching the game. And your dad probably doesn't even fucking remember that shit. No, of course not. It was so insignificant. He's like, shut up. You know what I mean? Like, or whatever, you know? And it's, that's when you dig in and you're like, oh shit. Like, so now it's not just that moment, but like, what does that moment mean? And what, what does that moment do? And again, what do I I then do about it? Like, it's not, I'm not going to be my dad for the rest of my life. Cause you could sit there and be mad at him. You could sit there and go, he was horrible. And he's a piece of shit. Cause he threw my dolls in the fire all the time, among other things. Or you're like, no, I'm going to continue to have a relationship with him. But well, and you can have the relationship that you choose to as well. Right. You know, I think that I'm careful where like, I don't, you know, I don't have my dad. And I'm also careful, like, you know, my dad passed away to where I'm also careful, though, to with some people, like some people have a different, maybe they have an estranged relationship with their dad. I don't think everybody needs to have this amazing relationship with their dad. You know, whatever works for you that's healthy and feels healthy. If, if your dad's not working on himself or whatever, and you had issues before and you are, then you need to get to the point to where at least you could, you know, at least appreciate, forgive him for what he's done or whatever. And then just keep it at that, at that point, you know what I mean? But I, I try to balance on like not being too like preachy. I'm like, dude, you have you, you, at least he's alive, you know, because sometimes people are like, yeah, he's alive, but he's a fucking asshole. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and I don't want, you know, I don't want to preach like, oh, you know, you got to, I mean, if sometimes things plateau and relationships are going to get to where they're going to get to and you got to just take it for what it is, you know? On that note, like as somebody else who's, you know, dad's no longer with us, like has your relationship in a way to him changed since he's passed? Like, has it evolved? I mean, I know you've gone through therapy, you've done like a lot of work in mental health and stuff like that, but like, has it kind of evolved your perception of who he was or what your relationship used to be like or things like that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, like I said, and, and this is something that, you know, I, I think a lot of people, I don't, and I, I don't know if, you know, I think uh, can relate on like when someone's sick, when someone's, you know, my dad was sick growing up. So it's like, yeah, take care of him. Um, it's a, it's a weight off your shoulders but it's also like a way that you have been functioning, you know, on like having to take care of somebody. Yeah. And, and even as simple as like, I was, I was literally thinking about it today is like, not only was my dad sick, but he was also an immigrant, you know, like he was a citizen, but he, you know, he was an immigrant, he immigrated from Mexico. And it's like, call the phone company, call, call the cable company. And I'm fucking 11. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, do things. And I had my brother who was older, who a lot of the times did a lot of those things, but then like, oh, set up my phone. Hey, I got this new thing. Can you set it up for me? I got this new stereo. Can you set it up for me? Like, dude, set, like there's Spanish instructions. Like, do it yourself. He's like, no, I need you to help me. Like, you know what I mean? A lot of those things are like, dude, I, I'm going to go out. I'm going to go with my friends. I'm trying to, you know what I mean? Like, no, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. Like, and certain, yeah, parents, every parent's going to make you do something. But when it's like, yo, like, I, I fucking, get, I fed you. And now I need to do this other thing for you. Like, I literally fed you. I vacuumed. You know what I mean? Like, sim- like house things, like taking care of a person. You know what I mean? 
hey, make sure you take your medicine. Make sure, it's like he's a fucking adult. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you shouldn't have to be like, hey, make sure you take your medicine. You know you need to take your medicine. Yep. And then I'll go, you didn't take your medicine? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so it's like now it's like now that's not there. So it's like, where does that energy go? Exactly. And do you have you like put that into yourself? Because like I, I asked this because it's like I remember when my dad first passed, I was just like, what do I do with that energy? Where do I put that? And I started to like put it in kind of into other people and that becomes overwhelming, you know, like this like I want to take care of you. I want to like the codependency, yeah. Like need me, yeah. And and in turn, and like I've had I want people, you, like, you to want me. Yeah. They're like, why don't you put that into you? Like you need you. And I'm like, yeah, no, no, no. Like fuck that. Like I'm not gonna take You're care so of used that. to putting yourself second. Yeah, like I want to put it into you. Like you obviously need fixing, you need solving, you need support and love and caregiving, whatever. And they're like, No, I'm fine. Like you, Kelsey, you need to <laughs> deal with your own shit. Right. And I think that to kind of go back to the very beginning of this conversation is like for me in quarantine, like this is that's what I've been working on is like, oh, no, I need me. I need to like focus on my own caregiving and my own nurturing or whatever. And it's like, what advice would you give to your best friend? You know, if if they were doing the same shit or something or they were in in a bad relationship and you're in a bad relationship and you see this bad relationship, but you keep doing it. And then you're like, well, if my best friend was in that, I'd probably be like, what the fuck are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Value yourself, girl. Like, you know what I mean? Like. Right. Advice I never take for myself ever. Yeah. So. Um, so we've been going for a while now. I think it's about an hour and a half. So, but there's a question that I told you that needs to happen on this podcast. Oh boy. And it's the whole reason not the whole, but it's the whole basis of this podcast. It's being a weirdo. And I think that it, it, there's a different definition to it. And that's what we talked to like everybody on the podcast. That's like, when did you feel like a weirdo? And, but the whole thing is you felt like a weirdo, but you were being yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like, like I said, like right now, if we're doing this podcast and, and I'm, I'm here and I'm authentic and I'm just like, you know, I singing, I want like, you know, it's just me. And then you were just like, what the fuck? Why are you singing? You sing shitty. And I'm just like, oh, like it kind of brings you in because it was a moment that was just so genuine. You were just having fun, but then somebody tries to bring you down mm-hmm. or, or it just makes you feel odd, like odd about the fact that you like, you know, like, why do you wear your hair like that? It's so weird. And it's like, oh, like, you know what I mean? You're like, oh, I'm gonna put my hair up today. And then like somebody's like, don't put your hair up. Like, you know, or something like that. Or just just being emotional. And somebody was like, oh, oh, too much. Like we had talked about that. Like, I don't, you're like, I don't want these surface fucking like, how's the weather? Oh my God, how's work? Okay, cool, bye. You know what I mean? That's what you were mentioning to me. Like, I don't, he's like, I don't, you're like, I don't want friendships like that anymore that are just very, you know, surface level kind of nothing really there no substance yeah so you don't have to you could sit in it you know we obviously we've already been in this for a while so you could sit in that and and think of something or it does it could be something sorry question like the last time i felt that or not the last time no it doesn't have to be the last time because like some some people like my buddy he said he said one where he was like he was dancing and he was like in another country and he was dancing like a very American dance. And then somebody told him like, oh, you dance stupid. But in America, it was like super cool, you know? Yeah. 
but then he was like, oh, like, but it was a moment where he was like, oh, this song, like, you know what I mean? He was like dancing to it, but he kind of, somebody kind of like broke him down just for being himself. And so, you know, it could be very like that, or it could be like, hey, you know, I told my boyfriend, you know, that I really liked him and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, you're so weird. Why do you say things like that? And, you know, whatever. You no, know. I mean, I think like what you literally just brought up, and this is because it's a conversation we've had multiple times where like, for me, I clearly am very open about mental health and like my emotions and my feelings and kind of like where I am. Um, and I still to this day, like this is a regular occurrence and I have this all the time where I feel like I'm too much emotionally for certain social dynamics. Um, and I can honestly say some of my best friends can be almost insulting in their reactions where like, like we're talking about literally anything and I kind of give an opinion or an experience on it. And it's just like, Oh, <laughs> anyway. And the subject changes, you know, and I'm just like, fuck, like I feel so awkward and weird. And I feel like there's like shitty because of that. And, um, I don't know, like that. Yeah. That just, that sucks. I feel like the weirdo. I feel, Oh, that was too much, too much doing that too much, like whatever, too much. And I don't want to have to like repress myself for that, but like, yeah, that's when I feel like a weirdo because I share my feelings. <laughs> yeah. Is, does that answer the question appropriately? <laughs> There's no right or wrong answer. It's, it's, it's your feeling. That's, that's the whole thing about being a weirdo. Am I you know? weird now? It's Am like, I we're all, we're all, that's my, that's the whole point of this is like, it's weirdos only, but we're all weirdos. Exactly. You know what I mean? And, and that's my point is like, it doesn't matter if it's the right or wrong answer. It's your answer. It's like, dude, in that moment, I felt weird. I felt like I was the odd person out. I felt like there's something wrong with me mm -hmm. for just being authentic. You know what I mean? And just being myself instead of, you know, and uh, yeah, maybe sometimes it, it is time and place, right? Hey, yeah, you know, whoa. Hey, Kelsey, need to talk about something? Or you know what I mean? Like if it's something that's like, but that's your reality in that moment, right? That's your reality because you're just like, maybe you're going through some shit. And just because you're going through something doesn't mean like, well, stay home because we're trying to have fun. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's like emotional, like response from somebody. They'd be like, do you need a hug? Like, yeah, I'll just give you a hug. Not just like ignore you. Yeah. Because but... I've definitely been in the like, I have a friend who's like, I feel like he's he's kind of in that beginning stage of kind of exploring his mental health. To where like he's trying to shove it down people's throats mm -hmm. which is different you know where like or he's trying to show he's trying to do those those things of like showing appreciation to people and like but it comes off very disingenuine like right. very forced and i think that that's when it's like maybe he feels awkward but like it's like dude like we can see what like it, it doesn't feel genuine you know what i mean and, and I, I, it's not like I make them feel bad about it, but I could definitely feel that to when somebody's just like, you know, like, oh, yeah, man, like, yeah, yeah, like he's trying to, it, it's like when you're trying to be woke, right. you know what I mean? It's just like, instead of just being woke and just, or just, you know, you don't always have to be up here, you know, you could be, yeah, okay, like, hey, like, there's levels and you got to read the room, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. just like, children are dying in Africa. It's like, whoa. Shit, like it's a wine tasting, bro. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's you got to read the room. But I get that. Like, yeah, like sometimes you're, like, that's my point of like you're, you felt maybe the need. You're like, oh, 
I'm super comfortable. We're talking about this, talking about that. And like, yo, like I've been going through this, like, you know, like you're in a moment to where like, you're not, it's not from a place that's like, fuck what they're talking about. They need to talk about what I want to talk about. Yeah. It's more like you feel good. You oh, hey, we're, we're vibing. We're having a good time. I'm just going to, you know, throw this out there and tell my friend, blah, blah. Hey, you know what? I really missed you. I haven't seen you in years. And she's like, yeah, feelings. Yeah. Okay. You know, and he's like, oh, fuck. Like you have to pull back, you know, yeah. you're just like, oh, well, I'm not doing that again, you know, and now you deal with somebody who's more open and you don't open up to them. And they're like, ah, she's so closed off. Right. You know what I mean? Like a specific experience I had um, when I was like, I guess 18, 19 or something, like in college, there was this girl who ended up like, you know, I heard through the grapevine, she was like talking shit or whatever. And she's basically saying like, yeah, like Kelsey's like so emotional and like trying to be so woke or something. Millions and millions of emotions. Something like that. But it was essentially like what you're just saying. Your friend was like just going through it. And I was just like, starting to acknowledge things I had no idea like what in retrospect she was talking about recently her mom passed away and she like reached out to me and was like hey do you remember this time that like she knew that I had found out about it and we had kind of it wasn't even a falling out it was just like dude that was bitchy mm -hmm. and then we just like didn't really talk after that um and she was like yeah like I just realized like I'm really sorry like that I said that and that that was the reason kind of like the end of our friendship because I just like couldn't handle that like you were going through something and you were trying to connect with people. And I just like took it as too much. Like, and like, granted, yeah. Like maybe I was at a party and I was talking about serious stuff, but like, I thought I was just vibing. Like I thought we were just connecting, you know? And she was like, oh my God, Kelsey's like, she's so serious. And I'm like, my bad. I didn't realize yeah. that was like a problem at the time. And so I just find it funny that like almost 10 years later, she's like, sorry, like now that I get it, like I had to go through something super hard to get it. And I'm like, whatever. And that's my point though. You know, yeah. it, she's there and you're, you know, it's like, Hey, well, I got to find people that can kind of vibe with this or that can, that are willing to talk about it. And you have different friends for different reasons too. You know what I mean? Like you can have your friends. You, I never talk about shit with these guys. We just, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Shots. And you know, it's just, yeah. Uh, yeah. Different it's person. just for that, you know, like, yeah, this is, I like, I have fun with these guys and we just dick around. We're not talking about, you know, and then there's other guys, we talk about our career goals and, you know, he talks about his wife and family and kids and, you know, and stuff like that, or entrepreneurship, you know, goals like, you know, so it's, it's different people for different things, right? Other, other times, some guys you just went to college with friends, you went to college and you just reminisce on dumb shit that, you know, you did in college. And that's, that brings you joy. Just be like, yeah, we were so stupid. And then you're like, let's go get drunk this weekend and do the same shit. Like, nah, <laughs> but, but thanks. You know, I'm not going to do the same things anymore, but you know, yeah. it served its purpose at the time, like you said. And, and there's so many good friends that you had that you either, you know, either grew apart or maybe you you grew you know tired of and just you know and yeah or maybe you were never friends you know because it was so surface level you were never really friends or it's just like you needed each other not needed like in a codependent way but like you needed each other at a certain part in your life and you grow up and you don't need it anymore and that's fine it's not a bad thing you know? yep So how do you feel? How do you feel? What, what do you think of, if you had to rate this podcast? <laughs> I mean, for me. Five out of five chickens? 
Five out of five chickens. 100% chickens. 10 out of three. I like it. <laughs> no, this is good. This is, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. I hate to, you know, I think we, I think we covered a lot. I think this is a very, I think this is the most, in a good way, the most out of the all the ones I've done so far, the most like a uh, mental health kind of focused one. Um, and then that that's the point. Some people are different levels. Some people are, you know, I have guy friends that we talked to that we talked about, like, um, which is one of the guys I'm putting up today. Talked about like Kobe, mm -hmm. and you know his because it was his um passing was today a year ago. So you know, it's everybody has their their different values, and so that that's the one thing that I tell people mental health. And sometimes they get a little bit like, is it going to be therapy? Is it going to, because that's why it's like dropping that stigma, right? Because me talking about mental health is saying like, hey man, like, how's that work, man? Like your boss is a dick or whatever. That's mental health. It doesn't have to be fucking schema and Jeffrey Jung and, and attachment styles and, you know, all this stuff and codependency. It doesn't have to be that. It could just be like, oh, what's your going? Oh yeah. Hey, my dad's kind of being a dick. Oh yeah. What's, you know, how do you feel about that? You know, it's, whatever you know that that's what it is is that it's at your level whatever you feel comfortable with and once you get past that then you can continue to grow you i mean know? you know me i would only go deeper but it's only just two hours i guess at this point so. yeah I, I know i don't think anybody's gonna listen to the whole podcast but they'll be they'll be on there see if somebody goes back and they'll live on forever <laughs> and i'm gonna edit this stuff down or what no fuck it just, just put it all up cool. put it all up so you want to plug splash or you know splash or what are you going to change the name of the instagram or we are so yeah we'll be vino solera v-i-n-o-s-o-l-e-r-a vino solera yeah on instagram. it's actually not italian i'm saying it in an italian accent huh? spanish but do you have the page or are you just going to change it on there uh, yeah we're changing it in march so okay rebrand in march so right now it's at splash wine yeah exactly so if you follow at splash wine it's going to change in a month but you'll be the same bar just yeah, changing names bar, um we're kind of evolving the bar experience it'll be more of a, an event venue space and a bottle shop and those when will actually be a bar again because of covid so but you can have private events right if somebody wants to have their birthday somebody wants to you know, have a meet up there or whatever, um, just an event. Yeah, even things like a private lunch, like whatever, we can we can host anything um, you want. And then we do a lot of private tastings and things like that. If you want to do cheese and chocolate. Um, and you're still going to have the little outdoor area? Yep, we'll have our parklet. And then we're starting to do um, uh, Baja wine tours. So we'll go down to Valle de Guadalupe, which is what we first started talking about, um, starting in March, actually. Hopefully that'll be our first tour. Valle. Valle. I need I need to go. I need to go and have an enjoy the views down there, drink some wine. I'm on a recon trip. Yeah, come back with my daddy so <laughs> my daddy used to always uh, bring a bunch of like cause you know you're only supposed to bring back so much alcohol. Bottles. A liter, I think is. No, now you can have two two bottles total. Oh yeah. Because California is the top producing wine state in the country. But is that wine or is that liquor? If I'm bringing back tequila, can I bring back two? It's per adult, no? Good question. I don't know if it's two bottles of tequila. I think I think you can. I mean, I have. I think it's per adult. 
No, yeah, it's for adults. It's for adults. Yeah. So that's that's why. And then, so we used to hide them or whatever. We used to yeah. sit on a bottle, and then just to bring back more tequila. But fun fact: if you have a driver's license from a different state, then you can bring back up to three cases. It's just California driver's license. Three or cases. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's because California. But do you have to go through customs, or are they just like, oh, you're good? No, like you still go through customs, but it's like, oh, well, if you're from Arizona or whatever. New no, but I'm saying, do you have to like, is it just like the thing or you have to like declare it? Like, oh, I'm bringing back three cases. Or yeah. they just go, oh, fuck it, go. Declared it and you had like a driver's license in Arizona or whatever. But for the most part, most people just like don't declare it. But if you do declare it, then you legally can bring back three cases if you're not like a, a California resident. Oh, well. Just California. Because well, we have just California. So if I go to Arizona and try to do that, they won't let me do it. You have to be a, an Arizona resident. Well, no, because I'd be the opposite. What I'm saying is... I'm saying if I go to Arizona and I try that trick, does it work? No, no. If you're a California, California resident. resident. Yeah, California. And I want to cross. And that's why. Because Napa is in California and there's the top producing wine region in the country. So if you're a California resident, you can only bring two bottles of wine or liquor, to my understanding. Hmm. I want tequila, though. That's the whole thing. Well, I don't know the tequila rules, but I'm probably similar. Just because. I saw this thing that said, like, toma tequila, come verduras, y tendrás las nachas bien duras, or something like that. <laughs> hey, fuck it. Yeah, that'll work. All right. Well, thanks for joining me. I really do appreciate it um, for being a weirdo with me for, for a day, for a couple hours. And, Always you know, weirdo. yeah. So thanks a lot.